I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is my? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, happy Friday, Noel. Yeah, man. Happy Friday. How are things? How are things? Yeah. You know, same old, same old. Another week gone. Another day closer to death. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. So it's not all bad. No, no. I'm not there yet. <laughs> What's <laughs> you excited about the, the Pro Bowl or whatever that bastardized version, <laughs> whatever that thing is. They're going to play Madden or whatever the hell they're going to do and have some type of competition. People are going to be interested in it. And the ratings are probably going to be higher than they normally are. I mean, probably for like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And then it's going to be like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's just like when they did the virtual NFL draft. Right. People were enticed by seeing exactly how they were going to be doing this. Yeah. But part of me feels that this virtual shit has kind of worn off. People are sick of it. They want to see crowds again. So when it initially happened with the draft, they're like, oh, cool. Let's see how they do this. They'll have the fans on the screen behind Goodell and all this shit. Now they're like, look, man, if I have to see somebody else on Zoom one more time, I think I'm going to kill someone virtually. (laughs) Yes, it's really getting old watching that. Well, I've got some uh, exciting news for Sunday. What's that? Royal Rumble. Oh, speaking Come of on. virtual, everybody, everybody likes Royal Rumble. I don't I give do. a shit. I do. That I do. But since you brought up the virtual stuff, it yeah. sucks because that's what makes Royal Rumble so awesome is the surprise guys that come back exactly. and, the, and the crowd reaction. Right. The countdown and not knowing yeah. who's going to be coming out that I will admit, you know, I'm hard on you with the wrestling part, but I do like Royal Rumble because I don't look at that insider shit like you do. So I'm completely blindsided when some big name guy that you haven't seen in years is one of the guys that's included in it. That's pretty cool. Like one of my childhood guys or like if, you know, 
Hogan, just as an example, came out. He's not, but you, uh, no, he can barely walk. But, but you yeah. know, for you, you kind of already have an idea of who's I don't. Be in it. I go out of my way not oh, do to. Do you? Okay, so on that one, it's no spoilers. I didn't even know that Edge was coming back last year. Oh, okay, that was awesome. Yeah. I will probably watch it, not live. And, you know, you'll have to bug yeah. me two or three times. Noel, you've got to check this out. But I do watch the Royal Rumble, I will admit. It's universally appreciated by even fringe wrestling fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah Everybody likes because it because it's, it's different. different you know? Right. Anyway, I'm excited about that. But even though the uh, Pro Bowl is going to suck, at least I got the Rumble to look forward to. And then the Super Bowl after that. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, next that week. will be uh, not virtual. That's a lineup right there. <laughs> yeah. Since we're on the the wrestling topic, that I, I didn't plan on talking about this, but WrestleMania is actually going to be at Raymond James Stadium, yeah. which is obviously where the Super Bowl is. They're planning on doing two nights, twenty five thousand people each night there because the Super Bowl is doing twenty two. Of course, Vince has to go above a little bit. <laughs> and um, so, what are they going to do? Know. Half the show one night and half the show the next. Well. Last time they did it, which was the weirdest WrestleMania of all time, it's unwatchable that they did it in the in that performance center, the training center with no crowd or anything like you could hear a pin drop. It's before they did the virtual fans, before they right. did like the crowd noise. I guess they thought it'd be like weird to put fake crowd noise, but I think it would have helped now that it's universally used in the NBA and, and NFL and everything. They felt like it was OK to do it. But yeah, what they did was they split it three hours each on Saturday and Sunday. Oh. So I could see now that there's actually going to be a live crowd there. It's going to be the first time they've had a live crowd since. You might have to take a show off. You're going to be watching so much wrestling. Whew, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's that's a big investment. And it was smart to be in Florida since they have no COVID restrictions. Right. You know, they should just pack that fucking yeah. house. Why are you stopping at 25K? <laughs> just go with it, know. man. See what happens. So what? Okay, 100 people die out of it or 200. What? Who gives a shit? Yeah, Vince has killed yeah. so many more than right. that over his <laughs> right. time. All right. Well, enough of that. So let's move on. Hey, but I wanted to mention we're going to have another installment of a top five Friday later on. But first, on Wednesday, the extremely shorthanded Wizards lost yet again, this time to the Pelicans, now making them officially the worst team in the NBA with a record of three and 11. There's some good news, though. The Wizards are getting Rui Hachimura back. Davis Bertans and Mo Wagner off the COVID list for tonight's game. Bradley Beal on Wednesday scored 47 points, boosting his already impressive average of 35.4 a game and has yet to score under 25 points in the first 13 games of the year. And he's putting himself in elite company like Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. He's to not start putting a season himself with- in the limelight with Wilt Chamberlain, okay? Will Chamberlain had 80 games in a row where he did it. They always have that little font down at the bottom of the screen when you're watching the game. Yeah, he was playing 5-5 five, five hey, white I guys uh, as well. I'm just saying he's not in the same company with Will. He's got a long way to go. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just yeah. saying. What Noel is referring to, it's to start the season with at least 25 points yeah. a game, which he has. So uh, here's an interesting stat. In the last 10 games that Beal has scored 40 points or more, they haven't won a single game. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> That's never happened before in the history of the league, just so you guys know. But only only the Wizards could pull off a feat like that. So uh, Beal looked completely dejected after Wednesday's game, and a reporter asked if Beal was frustrated. He responded with, quote, is the sky blue, end quote. To top that off, Miss Beal, his lovely wife, decided to chime in to put out a tweet, quote, sick of it, end quote. So, uh, Noel, the writing looks like it's on the proverbial wall at this point. I like that last word that you used, wall. Yeah, that's what I was going with there. <laughs> so, when's this going to happen? Well, when uh, Beal is going to officially ask for a trade. First off, before we get to the trade part, hey, Beal's wife, 
shut the fuck up. How about that? How's that sound? We're trying to be inclusive here. Sorry, how about you shut the fuck up? <laughs> this is your baby now. Okay? This is what you wanted. Your little mannerisms, your little spoiled brat routine on the sideline and slouching in your chair. You got your girl on Twitter now, bitching. Shut up. You're 13 games in and your team sucks. This is not productive with the way that you're acting. If you want to be traded, go to the front office and tell them you want to be traded. You slouching around and, wah, is the sky blue? We can't guard a car. Have you looked at your tape there, buddy? Mr. Matador? You fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's just not my style to watch him on the sideline and just be this disgruntled asshole. I got mine's crap. I just don't like it. And if he wants to be traded, go ahead. He did make a good point. He said, what What would it be better if I was laughing it up on the sidelines? You guys would crush me for that, too. So no, he laughs on the court after he scored nine points in a row. He was laughing it up when he was going backwards down the court and then got burned yet again. That's okay yeah. for him to yuck it up with his boys on the court during the game. Then he goes on the sideline and he pouts. You know what happened in that game, Matt? And I was texting you during the game. When he was on yeah, the bench. Yeah, I was behind and you told me the score ahead of time. Yeah, I'm so sorry. thank you for that. I usually, I'm better than that. I am. <laughs> you are. I was like, it was really? A slip up. You know? It was like three. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> they were down by, I think, about 17, 18 points. Goes to the bench. Team dwindles the lead down to about eight or nine. Literally comes back in the game. I went to go take a piss and came back, and, and they were already down by 20 again. That ain't a coinkydink. He's playing a part in this just as much as everybody else, and that's what bothers me. You want to slouch on the bench? He knew he came in when it was nine points. The fuck were you doing when you came back in? Well, in the third quarter, he scored like 25. Good. He has a positive plus minus. Did His... that or did that not happen in No, the no, game? it did. Well, it's happened in games before this, too. But within context of the game, if you remember, Robin Lopez was dominating them because they didn't have a center. And once they brought in uh, Steve Adams back in, it was... Those two ogres on the court at the same time? My God. Well, but Robin Lopez yeah. was crushing them. No, no. That's the reason that that lead went down. It was terrible coaching by Van Gundy. And he left them alone with Robin Lopez, of all people, for far too long. I'm not disagreeing. I mean, once in a while, yes, he starts breaking some and then the team can come back or they lose their momentum or whatever it is. But his defense is a whole other story. But his offensive ability can't be denied. I mean, he's fucking awesome. He can't be stopped. When they came back in the game, when they were playing better in the game, I was counting the amount of times that other players on the court were touching the ball. Mm -hmm. And there was a multitude. They were making th two, three, sometimes four passes before they shot the ball. When he started to hit shots, and when he started to feel the game slipping away again, he does what Beal does, and he will start gunning more. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. He's the primary option. He should take the volume. But you can't have expectations of other players on the court, and I've said this before, to continue to be engaged. He doesn't trust anybody else. It's not a matter of they're just shitty players. It's adamant in his play. He trusts no one else but himself. No one. I mean, would you trust anybody who he's playing with right now? I mean, he's got nobody at the moment. Like, I'm talking this minute. Six of the players are down. So if he knows all this, why would you be concerned about him wanting to be traded then? Regardless if he wants to trade or not, I don't think it matters. I think that they need to trade him and get as much as they possibly can out of him. I think that he's over it. And I think he probably thought that Westbrook was going to be 
Westbrook, which he's obviously not, and he doesn't see an end in sight. And none of us do. How dare you both? Now, 13 games in, you guys are ready to fucking bail? I'm not ready to no, bail. No, no, let s- me talk for a second here. I've given you enough pass on this shit with this wall Westbrook crap. You're ready to blow the ship up after 13 fucking games when them being decimated with COVID and not being able to play for two weeks? We've been waiting. Hold on, hold on. We've been (laughs) waiting for Wall for two fucking years. You've got Westbrook in here for 13 fucking games and you're ready to blow this shit up and trade away the world? This guy's slouching on benches. You were fighting for Westbrook like he was the second coming of Christ. And 13 games deep? You're ready to bail on the whole thing and just trade. Why don't we just get rid of everyone? Get rid of Bertans too. That was a sh- he's played shitty for 13 games after sitting on his ass in Latvia for three months. Let's bail on him too. Rui, bye. Go back to Tokyo, asshole. <laughs> I mean, who else you want to get rid of, Matt? I'm saying you can get a haul for Beal. At you this could point. have gotten a haul from him last year and the year before that too. What's your point? You're I'm- ready to fucking jump ship on everything. Beal better be in for for the long fucking haul. He better be in for it. This is his baby, and this is your baby, too. You guys are in it deep now. You wanted this? Here it is. I told you before this was going to be a raw deal, and the only thing we were going to lose out on Beal, and now you're for the trade? 13 games deep? Come on, man. Really? I'm just saying there's no end in sight here, and nobody expected. We've talked about this before. Nobody in their right mind, you included, thought that Westbrook was going to look you the way that he did. You saying that. I said it was a bad deal. It doesn't matter how shitty he's playing. I knew this was going to end up bad. Sorry it happened a little bit sooner than I anticipated. That's not an argument. I knew he was going to be shit. No, you were saying that, he wasn't you were saying be able that he's to a head case. Over his own two feet. Whatever the scenario is, though. He's turned to not be a head case. He just sucks. And nobody expected that. No, including he's a head Beal. case because he has lost all confidence and doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. Yeah, you know what? He, how he's been a detriment? How badly he plays, and now Beal's like, what the hell is this shit? Right. And just like you, and now all of a sudden everybody's ready to go. This is the scenario. I'd, I'd rather get something out of Beal now. They have one year left on his contract after this. After that, he's not going to be as valuable. He's the leading scorer in the fucking league right now. You could get a haul for him. Look at this guy. I'm Mr. just saying. Rational speaker now. My God fucking kidding me like mr gm now the guy that wanted to he wanted westbrook two months ago and was gloating about the call now all of a sudden you want to bail on the whole fucking team after 13 games they've had g leaguers playing for the last three what are you talking about man i know this team sucks i knew they were gonna suck my point is is that they need to invest in another coach first before they jump ship on beal or before he jumps ship on them i totally agree but also the fact is that if you're not going to be able to re-sign Beal anyway, which it's looking less and less likely, you need to get what you can out of him now. If you wait till next year, then he has one year left on his contract. You're not going to get You've as much. You've got plenty of time to figure that out. They don't need to trade him tomorrow. You don't think by the trade deadline, he's not going to be as valued as he is now? You don't want to see the experiment go a little bit longer than it already has. That's how much credibility you have in this whole trade and everything else. And that's how much credibility Beal has. And that's how much credibility Brooks has. All you guys wanted this. Brooks is making excuses that it's COVID on that interview on the jump and all this other shit. Nobody's nipping it in the butt and saying, we need a different change in direction with Brooks. You're ready to just blow the whole thing up. Fine. Well, no, I've said from the beginning that Brooks needs to be fired. He needed to be fired last year. He needed to be fired the year before. He sucks. He's terrible. And then on top of that, like you mentioned, the jump, 
I mean, he's coming up with every excuse in the book. Everything's about COVID for him. Right. Doesn't talk about their horrendous defensive ratings, rankings, whatever it is, how they're the worst offensive team in the league. None of that. It's just strictly, oh, well, we've had a we've had a raw deal here with the COVID thing. You should take blame for this COVID situation because you didn't have control over your team to begin with. Right. So really, you're at fault, asshole. And nobody's talking about that. Right. And on top of that, he's the worst coach in the league on the floor. But you can't even control them to do the right thing outside of the court. And this guy's just basically in survival mode at this point. Don't yeah, fire no, me. He's trying to save his own ass. I mean, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting display. And I told, I told you that that's what he was going to use. It's given him a little bit longer life, hopefully just a little bit on this COVID thing and saying, you know, I got a raw deal type thing. But I think that they need to see when they get all their players back. They've got Bertans, Fogner, and Rui coming back for the game tonight and see if that improves things and kind of go from there with it. For the record, I don't want to see Beal get traded. I want to see them work this out. My point is, if he's not going to re-sign anyway, you got to get what you can out of it. You can't let him walk without anything. Cross that bridge when you get there. Not even a third of the way into the season yet. And this is an experiment that they wanted to go with. I think they need to be all in. Well, again, I, I hope that Westbrook is genuinely injured, and that's why he's playing the way he did, because I've never seen a human being fall off so quickly in less than a year. I think there's more to the story there. I think that he is a good teammate, contrary to popular belief, and if he can somehow become just, I don't know, a third of what he was, he's he's horrendous. He's probably the worst player in the league right now, and that may be an over-exaggeration, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody play as bad as he has. Yeah. So, there's got to be something more to the story. He knows he sucks. I think there's the injury. And just like we talked about the last time, just let him sit out as long as you're getting guys back. Let him sit out until he's 100% healthy because he's nothing but a detriment Yeah, on well, both I mean, sides of the floor. Hey, that ugly pink and gray jumpsuit that he was wearing with that pink beanie. It looked like that's pretty nice. Looked like, like a, looked like a ninety-year-old woman's jogging suit. <laughs> He's playing kind of like at that pace, so it kind of fit. Like we said, <laughs> if you're um, not good at basketball anymore, you're not allowed to dress like no. that. No, you ever. have no credibility at all. He needs to wear a suit and tie. Yes, until <laughs> like, a black suit, black tie. He needs to look like freaking Men in Black. He needs to look like he's going to a funeral yeah, every exactly. single time he comes to the court. Until he gets his uh, shit together. Yeah, well, whatever it is. All right. So after the break, we're going to be moving on to the top five. Speaking of which, see you on the other side. It's almost that time when you put your name in a grid and hope that your box hits the final score. But you don't have to wait until February to start winning. With boxes, you can play box pools every day for every game. Boxes is completely free to play and you can win big. Washington football fans who download the app from the App Store or go to boxes.com that's b-o-x-i-z.com and use our code bros20 to get free bonus boxes where you can win cash and prizes we'll have new games every week and incredible prizes in the playoffs and for the big game that will include tickets to next year when fans can finally return in 2021 so go to boxes.com for more info or download the app now b-o-x-i-z Use the code BROS20 when you sign up and when you enter our contest. It's free for you and your friends to get in and win. Boxes, it's anyone's game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back. So in honor of Kyle Smith, our fallen comrade, former VP, or I guess he still is. I don't know what the hell is going on. Washington football team lifer. Yeah. See ya. Looking for a new job. We decided to do a top five list of our own personal worst jobs that we've ever had. <laughs> what Good job. Bad jobs. <laughs> hey, Kyle, you know, hopefully yours isn't as bad as these. I'm sure he had a really shitty job when he first came to Washington. Oh, hell He's yeah. like cutting film and everything. I mean, that's oh, like apparently God. the worst job. Yeah. Ugh. So when they had the reels. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. imagine those yeah. editors back then. God. Well, like when Gibbs, so they always show in the, the uh, NFL films. He's like, yeah, like two o'clock in the morning. He'd be listening to the dump truck show up during the meetings. I was watching Rudy actually last night. You know, whenever it's on, I got to watch it. And they showed Coach Parsegian. Yeah. You know, he came in. He's like, can I get a game in? He's like, he's watching the thing. The screen's like. You know, as big as your cell phone. Right. They didn't know any different, but it must have been a pain in the ass. Yeah, man. You know? It was like almost like watching stop action. But the guy who had to set it up, yeah. that oh, had to yeah, really set Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the Kyle, the Kyle Smith of his time. Right. This guy busted his ass for 11 years to get to where he's at. See ya for guys that are 150 years old. Yeah. But anyway, you can all understand shitty jobs and being screwed over and things like that, much like... Our friend Kyle Smith here. You want to get started? Let's do this thing. So Noel and I don't typically talk about top fives ahead of time, but in this one, we we actually work together in a role that we thought we'd throw on here as our number five. Not reason it's number five. I mean, this is a horrible, horrible job, but because we really only lasted half the day. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, Fuck that place. <laughs> so our number five is what we would call, I guess, a truck unloader. Yeah, just take boxes off a truck. That's basically what you did all day. <laughs> Onto a conveyor belt. Yeah. You want to go ahead on this one or you want uh, you want me to tell it? You set me up for this shitty job, so you go ahead. Well, and I was trying it. to help you. I was trying to help. I used to work for a temp agency for summer jobs, you know, and my office job that they found me ran out. You know, they needed me as a temp there. So they said, well, we have this other job. I don't know what the exact term is, but we're calling it truck unloader. So I said, hey, Noel, they need another person. You want to come work with me for a day? You were like, uh, sure, I guess. I don't remember the conversation exactly. But <laughs> so we go over to this place and it's in this warehouse and there's this uh, 18 wheeler backed up to the warehouse and the thing's just filled to the brim with boxes. This thing looked like, you know, that ending Raiders of the Lost Ark scene. This old man's pushing the fucking <laughs> Ark into there with all the crates. They open this thing up. And there must like, have been oh three billion boxes in there. There was four guys standing on one side of the conveyor, four guys on the other. Matt and I look at each other like, what the fuck is this? And there's this guy's heads down, pulling boxes off, heads down, pulling boxes off. And that's all we did for like up until lunchtime. Well, do you remember when we walked in, those rednecks over there, they were on the conveyor belt. And then once we got there... They were like, Done. see ya. And then they just stared at us smoking cigarettes Yeah, for what, four hours that we were there. Yeah, they would like pretend to because they were more skilled. So they would, after the pallet was completed, they would like wrap it with that cellophane shit and take them two seconds to do it. And then they were done. And then they just wait, you know, another 45 minutes for us to complete another five pallets before they'd wrap them again. <laughs> and that's all they did for the entire time was just watch us do it. And then what pissed us off is that they started laughing at us. Yeah. Like- Remember? These idiots. 
And then they started making fun of us in between. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but that's how I took it is that we they were, were like just the new guys. <laughs> yeah. Calluses on our hands yet. <laughs> we were there for one day and they knew that they could work us to death. Yeah. And um, so I guess at lunchtime we were like, fuck this, we're leaving. Yeah, I remember fuck specifically where we were. We got we went out to the parking lot for our lunch and we looked at each other because we came in separate cars. And we looked at each other. You done? Yep, I'm done. <laughs> and we just got in our cars and never looked back. What an awful place. Hey, well, for you truck unloaders, you know, you're the heroes. <laughs> you're the real heroes. <laughs> uh, but it ain't for me, buddy. Fuck that. And um, so I was in very good standing with this temp agency <laughs> until I got Noel to come with me one day. I destroyed then- it. And then so they called me up and were like, uh, you guys left the job. And I said, yeah, they these people were horrible to us. You know, they they were. They were like, hey, pick this up. Yeah. Do th-. You know, they were basically pointing and laughing. Right. It, it was so humiliating. Right. And um, which I'm not above unloading a truck. But these guys with a, with an IQ of 12 telling us what to do. Yeah. That pissed me off. Yeah, all I'm doing is and, moving boxes here, dude. This ain't brain surgery. I'm moving. I'm moving a box from one location and putting it into another location. <laughs> like, I, I don't need you to supervise me or, or 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 do any of that. Anyway, it was a shitty job. They deserved it. I'm glad they were shorthanded. I hope those guys had to go over there and unload the the one point five billion remaining boxes <laughs> that were on that truck. But what I was going to say was they never allowed me to work with that temp agency again. So essentially, you got me fired from that temp <laughs> I agency. I saved you. It wasn't a firing. <laughs> I saved your ass. All right. So moving on to number four. What's yours, Noel? So my number four is summer of 1994, a souvenir shop. Okay. This mm-hmm. was a, like a beach shop in Ocean City. You know, where they sell stupid trinkets, iron-on shirts, crap like that. Stuff that nobody Which is pretty much 90% 90 of the stores on the the boardwalk. On the boardwalk, right. So mom gets me this job for the summer down in Ocean City. We had a beach house in Ocean City. Says, hey, I got you this job over at this thing during the summer while we're here. You know, you can go. I was like, oh, great. Yay. World Cup is on. U.S. World Cup 94. I'm like, you freaking kidding me? I'm going to be working at this t-shirt shop. All right, fine. I go to this place first day. This guy that owned the place, he was like some Pakistani dude. Go in there, and he's tutoring me through this as if it's brain surgery. You need sell. You sell. You sell. Don't Mm -hmm. just stand. You need to sell. So, like, people that are coming into a freaking beach shop are needing a salesperson to help them, what, buy a fucking shell with Ocean City on it? So I'm standing there and he's eyeing me down the entire time. I'm standing. I don't know what the fuck to say to these people. Hey, you want to buy an iron on T-shirt? So go ahead. Like, and I'd see him like making hand gestures when I was just standing around. Like you go that you see that did, person. Get him. Like it's a fucking he, flea market. Did he give you any pointers on how to no, sell? No, You just sell. You sell. Mm. You tell them you sell. You like this. I'm like, OK, cool. Well, just like the box job. Like, yeah, um, I'm going to go take a pee real quick. Never went back. Was that that one day? One day. I was probably there for about an hour and a half. (laughs) Why does that not surprise me? And, and, you know, it's awkward. You're standing in this place. All people are doing is looking at stupid trinket shit, you know, and like blowing bubbles and crap in these places. 
And he's staring me down like I'm trying to sell a Lamborghini to these people. Did you have hermit crabs? Probably. I don't yeah. know. I didn't. I wasn't there long enough to know all the inventory. <laughs> so I got back to the house and I said, Mom, the thing was a nightmare. So I said, she was so pissed. But you know what game came on that next day? United States versus Colombia. They won that fucking game. I didn't miss it because otherwise I would have been at that stupid beach store. The game that um, the one guy Escobar. got killed. Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> Escobar and Escobar. Yeah. 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 Maybe it wouldn't yeah. have happened if you didn't watch. Yeah. You know, it's uh, all yeah. your fault. No. But hey, man, I saw a great game that day. Thank you, Escobar. <laughs> he gave what his life for you. a job, though. Man, just mainly because of him. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. Well, my number four, <laughs> uh, you remember this one. First job out of college was uh, Cadoba. <laughs> I was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Right. I had my degree. Yeah, I yeah. was like, man, I'm going to take on the world. They gave you a management position, right? Um, no. Oh, no, they, no? No, 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 <laughs> no. They didn't they, see the degree and give you that high-end job. Huh? It wasn't an office at Cadoba. They actually gave me $10 an hour instead of the normal nine because I had a college degree. Wow. Which is very nice of them. This was during the economic downturn, and there was literally not a job. I'm amazed that I got the Cadoba one, but I actually got another one as well, Outback at the same time. And I was basically working Cadoba during the day, Outback at night, two jobs. Whew, that was a rough time. Yeah, but anyway, it, man. but I still had Sundays off. I still finagled that. Yeah. And I said that I was like teaching children on Sundays so I could watch football, <laughs> but. I always came up with something. I'm not above any job. I just I just got to get paid. Whatever it is, it is. And But this was especially bad. This guy was the worst, this manager. So if you've ever been to Cadoba or any burrito rolling place, uh, you know, Moe's or, or whatever, you know that they have a, like kind of an assembly line thing. And the one person steams the, the, the tortilla, then it goes to the next thing. They put me in the middle because this fucking redneck, he called me the weakest link. <laughs> <laughs> of it. the burrito rollers. I love it. And that kind of hurt. I'm not going to lie. It really did. So he put me basically, put me in a spot. Were you like that toss could, the that, meat? No, I, I was the one that put the stuff in and then yeah. I would hand it off to the person who rolled it because I didn't have the ability to roll the burrito suck. properly. Yeah, but you came in there and said that I made a great burrito, by the way, if you remember. You did, but also maybe you're having an issue when it's busy. He needs the maybe real man. <laughs> on on the wrapping part when the shit hits the fan at lunchtime and at dinner time. God, that place was packed. God, during what lunch. a nightmare! I mean, man. out the door, and I couldn't imagine what hell. Talking about your Cadoba job, out of college, getting ready to like take life by the balls, and shit. you have to end up working on a fucking assembly line at a fucking Cadoba wrapping burritos. And, and the guy, guy tells you that you suck at that, too. That is fucking awesome. That asshole got fired, by the way, because he was fudging his numbers and saying that they were selling more than probably they actually were. Probably that extra dollar an hour that he was paying you cost him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, Noel, what's your number three? Number three, Ruby Tuesday busboy. What a bad job. Uh, they had this salad bar there. Ruby Tuesdays a little bit. I don't even know if they have them anymore. There's a few, yeah. Yeah, but they had this salad. And this was at Lake Forest Mall, right? Lake Forest Mall. Yes, Gaithersburg. Yeah. And they had this fucking salad bar there that was a nightmare. You had to fill the shit up. It came with your meal and the frozen plates and all that crap. And the leaves, you know, to make it look nice. I had to break this shit down and clean it every day. Yeah, everything on it. The whole thing <laughs> took me hours. Well, the food that was remaining in it, you're supposed to keep. 
Well, we're looking at freaking like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like 16 years old. You think I give a shit about the chickpeas that are remaining in the bowl? I was dumping that shit into the trash can. Hell with it. I mean, God, every scumbag. Every night. It was horrible, man. There's hungry people out there, Noel. There is. The manager catches me doing it, comes over screaming like a maniac. He leaves. He says, you can't do that. That stuff needs to go in the fridge and be reused. You know how much that costs? Yes, sir. I was like, (laughs) I just looked at him like, oh, sorry. I didn't know. (laughs) He leaves the kitchen and I just tip the trash can over. I said, you want it? Here you go. I fucking tip the whole trash can over and I walk out the back and never looked back again. That's when I had been at a little bit longer. Uh, like two days, two and a half days? No, no. I, I was there for about six months, I'd say. I mean, Were I was you? 16 years old. What the hell? What is the longevity of a job when you're 16 years old? Come on. Is it like uh, a lifer? I was at the Catlin's Clubhouse well, for like four years. Because you sat there and did nothing all day. Speaking but, of the greatest job of all time, go ahead. But on that same day, the reason why I did what I did is I had had to clean the bathrooms too. Well, that was buffet night. We had happy hour night, too, with the wings and all that shit. So I had two buffet things to clean. I remember this specifically like it was yesterday. And I had to clean the bathroom. This bathroom that day looked like a fucking crime scene. (laughs) Somebody literally must have exploded when they were on the damn toilet. So I scoured that, had this, sorry I dumped out your fucking chickpeas, and I'm making what? Six twenty-five an hour with the like because you get a percentage tip, and he's bitching about me dumping out some chickpeas and some like red beets. Fuck you! I dumped the tra- damn trash can and got the fuck out of there. See you, buddy. You clean it up, and that was that. That was a horrible job. Good for you. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That job. How's that not your number one? I got more. All right. All right. Well, my number three is that I've mentioned before that I've been in. I'm in the staffing business, but this was actually my first staffing job. I'm not going to name the company, but this place. If you've ever seen the movie Boiler Room. That's what this place was. <laughs> I go I go in there and I was what's called a, I don't know, recruiter in training or, or some shit, whatever, however they would title it. Anyway, there was a 13-week period and they would bring in classes of like 20 people just knowing that more than half weren't going to make it. Right. And so their expectations were 50 calls per day. So 250 calls a week, 10 meetings, in-person meetings per week. And they didn't pay you for the placements that you made. You got 50 bucks and you had to give it off to the guy that was training you. And I was making like 32K with no chance of any commission, anything. This fucking job, I mean, if you were 49 calls in a day, you were fired. No exaggeration. If you had nine meetings, you were fired. There was no gray area. It was black and white. It was pure. You remember conversations that I had with you yeah. during this time. The stress level was so over the top. I've never experienced anything like that. I almost had a panic attack almost every day that I went. And one time I actually, we had this big meeting and I guess I, I dozed off during the meeting. Oh my gosh. And the guy that was training me, this, this scumbag, he comes over to me and he starts screaming in my face. You're embarrassing me. I'm training you and you're you do that shit again. You're fired. Da, 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 da. It was just a wow. hellish fucking nightmare. The one good thing was once I got out of training, I mean, I almost got fired minimally five times. Just oh, one guy. You know, they love to do that stuff and dangle that carrot and and make you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time just to make. No, sure. but they literally did no, no, fire. I, people. I know it, it wasn't like they were they were joking around. They were dead serious. The best part about it is once I got out of training, I broke every record the company had ever seen 
it was basically the biggest fuck you to this guy. And he did nothing to help me. I just made him money during that 13-week period. And he ended up getting fired later on, which made it even better because he's a piece of shit as he walked out. I didn't I did not see him yeah, leave, cool. but I was very thrilled to see that. You know, it's a little redemption yeah, for redemption me. Redemption song. So cool. Uh, it, not not exactly the funniest story, but it was it still no, hurts my I, heart. Shitty job is shitty job. I mean, those are sometimes worse. I prefer. To There's laugh nothing about funny it, about that. No, job. Th- those that make you feel like you're inferior and make you feel like you're just always on the edge of them giving you the pink slip is just not a way to live. It was like a frat house. And, you know, like that was the hazing period. And then once you hit past that 13 weeks, like, hey, buddy, like they put their arm around you. I'm like, fuck you. You wanted me fired two days ago. Right. Eat a dick. Anyway, go ahead. What's your number two? (laughs) No, a little angry about Uh, that one still. My number two is, well, it's not the same. I mean, they didn't do that kind of stuff, but it was it was my first office job out of college. And, you know, you're bright eyed and bushy tailed. Most of the guys that were in this office were young guys out of college as well. And this place, the moment you walked in seven in the morning to the moment you left seven at night, nonstop, no lunch, no nothing. And when you're new hmm. to the business, you know, you don't love it, but you do what you got to do. And yeah. um, you worked every other weekend. If you want to work at a bank, go work at a bank. This isn't the place for you, basically, mentality. Yeah. And I remember a specific situation. I worked over 21 days straight, and I finally walked into the (laughs) boss's office, and I said, look, I don't know if you know this. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but just want you to know I'm on day 22 here, and I can't even type on the computer anymore. You're like hallucinating right now. (laughs) Yeah. I just licked licked the back of a frog and walked in, and I said, and I'm leaving at lunch. He looked at me and he says, well, I didn't know what. Sorry, uh, must have been a scheduling conflict there. I, I, that stuff, kind of stuff never happens. So I left and then it happens again and then it happens again. The job was just a nightmare. I mean, I lost hair. I lost sleep. It was an awful job to the point that D-Day came. And at <laughs> some point, I mean, maybe I'm, I handle it differently than some people do. I don't usually, as you can see, put in my two weeks and, you know, <laughs> right. leave quietly in the night. Except for this job that you're currently working. Yeah, right. Except for this one. I love you guys. (laughs) We had some type of conflict. He stepped on my toes on something to make himself look better in a situation because that's what managers do. Just a total asshole. And he could hear me murmuring about it. And he told me to come into his office. And we had it out, son. (laughs) The people in the office, it was basically their universe was in their shoes. I was screaming at this guy. I basically bullet pointed everything screaming at this guy about everything in life that he sucked about his personal life is this is that just broke everything down from the moment he came out of his mom he's cutting him deep yeah so finally i said fuck off and i left you leave yeah i quit no you're fired that type of thing and (laughs) one of the guys from the office texts me and says that was the most amazing rant and coherent rant of screaming i have ever heard in my entire life thank you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then just, I drove off into the sunset and that was that job. Awful job, work you to the bone. They would have been okay if they would have taken you out of a gurney on that, at that desk. It was a horrible place to work. Did they, um, did things get better for the people after you left? Yeah, there was a honeymoon stage for about an, a week because yeah. I told everybody and I called him out how he treats everybody like shit. And this is in the middle of the office, mind you. It had, it had carried out from his office into the middle of everyone. And I just basically said, and you treat him like shit, you treat him. So apparently there was a honeymoon period for about a week, but then he went back to uh, status quo, Yeah, the same shit that he does. So 
you know, you are what you are, but I wasn't going to deal with it anymore. <sighs> so that was that one. All right. Well, my number two is AMF, the bowling center. I kind of touched on this a little bit last week, I believe, with D'Angelo Williams, if you listen to that, my embarrassing story with him. But AMF, uh, I don't think they're even in existence anymore. I think they were actually bought out. But I'm sure you know the bowling centers, not usually in the nicest areas. Bowling. Yes. People know bowling. <laughs> so... I uh, worked for AMF for a psychopath, by the way, that was, you know, working me 80 hours a week, no exaggeration, as an assistant manager. Then I ended up getting my own center, as we call it, which was in probably the worst part of town you could ever imagine, to the point where there was actually a club across the street. The FBI went in because they were doing like drug deals and shit. I actually saw this happening. We were shot up by an AK-47. We had bullet holes all over the outside. <laughs> Not exaggerating. But because of the AK-47 incident, my boss, who was a district manager, was nice enough to get us uh, surveillance cameras. Oh, that's good. That helps <laughs> yeah. things. Right. We had armed guards, the whole nine. Good. I mean, this was a scar- scary fucking place. Never told mom this. but it was <laughs> So anyway, I was messing with surveillance cameras. And we always had homeless people and shit around the outside or, or coming in and just coming in and out. Anyway, so I was, <laughs> I was looking outside and this homeless guy, well, I was going around the area and I saw this pile of shit. It, it started off on the side of the wall and, it, and I was like, what is that? And it smeared down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And, you know, obviously a human did it. I don't think like a deer or anything. So I went back and checked my brand spanking new surveillance camera. And it was this homeless guy takes a shit. And I guess he got I guess he got some in his pants prior to that. So I see him digging into his underwear barehanded and pulling it out of his underwear and then throwing it down. Nice. And then I see back in the surveillance uh, for whatever reason, I'm outside. I see him shake hands with me. <laughs> no, almost. <laughs> he touches the door. Oh, and no. I walk and I walk in directly after him. Touch the same door <laughs> of the shit hand. It's fucking disgusting. Anyway, that's my number two. Uh, what's your number one, Noel? My numero uno, Asbury Methodist Village. My first job ever. I would walk mm. there from Gaithersburg High School. It was an old person's home, like a, a mm-hmm. higher end old person's home, a pretty penny to stay there. It's still there to this day, right? I don't know. It is. Uh, maybe. I, I heard Kevin Sheehan actually promoting it. Did he? To watch sports there. So it's like a weird. What? I was like, Asbury? What the fuck? Okay. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they have other things that are called Asbury, but this is this is an old person's No, no. Home. It, it, it was that. I'll okay. always remember well, Asbury Methodist. I was Methodist. a server there because they would have dinners, you know, with a menu provided with limited items. Mm-hmm. I was 15 years old. You know, I, I was riding my bike or walking to this place every day. This is the first job I ever had. And I'm dealing with, which in a lot of cases are people with dementia. And Is this pre or post uh, Ruby Tuesdays? This is pre-Ruby Tuesday. This wow, is the, okay. the job right before Ruby Tuesday. So I, I got in my little restaurant experience to make it up to the big time with Ruby Tuesday after this one. Yeah. So... I'm serving. It usually serve the same people. They like to keep it comfortable so you get to know the same group. So they give you the same tables. Well, there's this one lady. I don't know what I did to trigger her on a regular basis, but I would say, ma'am, what would you like? And when I would say something like, what would you like to drink? She would give me this stone cold stare 
for a period of time, this awkward stare, and then all of a sudden starts screaming, <laughs> blood-curdling scream like a maniac right in my face. I'm 15 years old, and I'm looking around like, the first time this happened? I mean, after a while, I got used to it. I was like, ah, shut up, you old bag. You know, at, at one point after a few times. But the first time, it's like the first time I'm even learning how to freaking use a tray. And this woman's screaming, blood-curdling scream right in my face. I'm like, what the fuck did I get into? And then not only that one, and I dealt with these on a regular basis. People that were just going nuts would just get up and walk away. And there's nobody really around. It's like when everybody that takes care of them, this is their break time. It's my deal right. now. A 15-year-old. I'm in control. Yeah. Well... Another guy at the table while she's screaming, all of a sudden I proceed to smell something. I'm dealing with this lady screaming like a banshee. Nobody's helping a 15-year-old. And all of a sudden I proceed to smell something on the other side of the table. This old man looks over at me and says, I had an accident. He shit himself at the table. I mean, uh -huh. it's sad. Like, as an older person now, but a 15-year-old, I'm like, man, I was in over my head. <laughs> I was way in over my head. You know, and the manager guy that I dealt with, he was an older guy. He was in his 30s or whatever. He hated all the boys that worked there, loved the girls, and was busy, mm -hmm. you know, hitting on 15-year-old girls the whole time while I've got a guy in shit in his pants <laughs> and a woman that's screaming like a crazy person at my table. I'm looking around. This is my first week by the way, that I was there. This is what I was dealing with. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there were some other cases there where people would just go nuts or I had a lady throw a glass at me once. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot. It was war in there every day, man. It was war. Uh, oh, they gotta love shit stories, yeah, you know? You Those really are always do. the we best. We got a lot of them in this. But I would say that was my number one, just that the case that I was just way in over my head and didn't know where I was at. But God bless them. Oh, they're all dead now, yeah. so... <laughs> <laughs> all right. My number one is Aldi. So if you're not familiar with this, it is a supermarket. I think a lot of people know this Everybody by now. Everybody knows but Aldi. I don't know. There's a lot of people who don't know Aldi, but it's it's expanded recently. But back then, I never even heard of Aldi. This random recruiter called me and said, you look like you'd be a fit for this job. I said, okay. This is actually post-Cadoba, post-AMF, actually. And you know, I had some management experience and thought that let's put you in this management trainee program. From the start, the worst job I've ever had. I mean, nightmare. So if you look at Aldi, normal grocery stores have like a billion people bringing in carts, you know, bagging, this and that. At Aldi, there's literally like two people running the entire grocery store. And one of them is a manager. So I'd have to be there at 5 a.m. and unload pallet after pallet after pallet. And that's all I did all day long. And I was the fucking manager. The only thing that, that had to do with a manager title was taking money and putting it in some safe. <laughs> right. That was it. I didn't even do the scheduling. That was like written by the... What do you mean? This is how we do it in Germany. Yeah. The most efficient... <laughs> place you could ever met. It's a German company, if you don't know. So in this management trainee program, I was supposed to be there for a year and I was basically biding my time. I was like, there's no way I'm staying with this company. They're paying me like 40 grand. I'm like, whatever, this is fine. You know, I'm, I'm hourly, so they can't kill me on hours, whatever. So the regional vice president comes to meet with me and I thought I was getting fired because nobody ever told me I was doing a good or bad job. I was just working. Right. So uh, the, my boss was like, hey, the, the RVP's coming. I, I don't know what he's doing here. I was like, Fuck. I'm getting fired. 100%. Anyway, he offers me 
this store in Lenore, North Carolina. Okay. Quite possibly the worst place on earth that I've ever been to. And he said, look, um, you're going to have to move close by. You know, we'll give you six months to do this. And I'm like, where the hell's Lenore? What the hell is it? (laughs) (laughs) And um, so he's like, but I want you to start next week. And it's your store. Apparently, you can't say no or else they never give you an opportunity or you get fired if you say no. that's, That's good. Yeah. So uh, very German of them. They weren't asking you. They were telling you. They were this telling your you. your store. If you say no to it, then there's the door. Right. I was there for three months. You're supposed to be in this trainee program for over a year until you're even eligible to get your own hey, store. There you go. Here's your chance. Fuck. If you're a go-getter, you'll do it. Every time I walked into work, that smell of boxes, if you know what it is in Aldi, I get physically ill every time I walk into that place. And so this place in Lenore was the most horrible place, like I mentioned, you could ever go to. I've never seen so many people with Down syndrome <laughs> What? because of all the inbreeding. <laughs> it, it isn't a joke. I mean, it's a joke. It's true. I was like, what the fuck is going on around here? Like, I would say probably a quarter of the people, an eighth of them, realistic. It's like deliverance. I saw twin Down syndromes, Down syndromers, if that was even possible. Syndrome I. <laughs> There were two, I don't know, 20 plus year olds with Down syndrome. And I worked so hard there, I partially tore my rotator cuff. (laughs) It was like working out for 12 hours a day. That's all it was. I was, (laughs) my body was destroyed. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were in the best shape of your life. No, only my back was huge, though. My back was jacked, and the rest of me looked spindly. It was so weird. It was that box job. It got you that that one half a day at the box working that got you honed for Aldi. And also, I was, you'd have to be in a freezer for three hours a day. Nice. That'll cool you down after doing the boxes. I wanted to cry every day that I went there, and it was the it was the worst job I've ever had. And you still shop there like a sellout, though. I know. I feel bad for the people that work there, but it's 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 cheap and it's good. <laughs> well, hopefully Kyle Smith doesn't have to go through any of these before he gets a decent job again. If you ever ask what job to work, I'll make sure never to go to Aldi because it's <laughs> right. hell on earth. Do anyway. Got anything else? No, that was great. That was great. Uh, uh, I'm glad we're at jobs now that we like. Uh, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it makes you appreciate what you have, I guess. It was work. It was sometimes it was a rocky road. But, you know, hey, doing this and doing work and the family, you know, it's sometimes it takes a a lot of effort to get to a good place. Yeah, it definitely does. But that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again. Uh, Enjoy the Royal Rumble if you like that kind of thing. And um, we will see you on Tuesday.